Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the Keith Watch Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Give you energy like buck fast. And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Yeah. Well, good day, good day, good day, good morning, I should say. It is Saturday. It is the 10th of the 10th, 2020. How beautiful is that just to look at? 10th of the 10th, 2020, and it is the Keith Walsh Podcast, a very special edition today. I'm um, I'm doing it because today is World Mental Health Day, so I thought I'll do a podcast, have a little chat about my mental health, and uh, try and encourage other people to maybe have a think about their mental health and how their life could be different, Um, you know, if they took a couple of steps towards talking, being vulnerable, seeking out therapy, lots of different things you can do for your mental health. Just to even the thing for me, uh, World Mental Health Day is a day to just raise awareness and to create awareness around mental health and to make it and to normalize mental health and make it part of the conversation so that we can just get used to talking about it, hearing about it, and even the fact that you hear someone talking about something, it makes you feel like you're not alone, and that, you know, problem shared is a problem halved and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I used to think a problem shared and it's a problem halved meant like if you've got some work to do and someone helped you, that, <laughs> that was half half the work because you had two people doing it, but it just means if you if you share your problem with somebody... And you can talk about it, um, and you're being honest about it and vulnerable about it. It can, it can help somebody else, and um, by talking to friends or talking to a specialist, <clears throat> it can, it can be helpful, no matter what situation you find yourself in. Um, my, me personally, I go to see a therapist, and I don't do that all the time now. But for about a year, I did almost every week. I went to see a therapist and it got me through a particularly tough time. I had finished a job, lost a job, um, got sacked, got whatever way you want to say it. Um, I was working as a presenter on the breakfast show of a national radio station and we'd done it for five years and we'd done it well for five years. And then like what happens to many people in the media industry and in show business, uh, the powers that be made the decision to change it. And there was 
you know, that there was circumstances around that. There was perfectly good reasons for that to happen. You know, being practical and talking uh, from a practical point of view, you know, I can very easily say to somebody, well, that was a very, you know, that that, that decision was, I can, Charlie's just shaking himself off here. I can see why that decision was made, you know. But at the same time, it's you still feel the rejection and that can be hard. And the thing about therapy and looking after your mental health is sometimes people leave it till it's too late because, and that's, it's never too late, always. I need to be careful what I say here. Sometimes we feel like we've left it too late. It's never too late. You can always get help. You can always be better. But it's always if you can. And what I was doing when that happened to me, I was like, okay, here I am. I don't want to get to a point where I've hit rock bottom. So if I can get some therapy. I didn't really know why I went to therapy. I I felt like I... When my wife suggested it, I felt like this is a big thing. This is this is big stuff that's happened to me. I, I don't want to handle this badly. I'm probably not handling it very well at the moment. So I think therapy will help me. And I didn't really know exactly how it would help me. Um, Because on the face of it, on paper, it's not like I couldn't get out of bed. It's not like I couldn't exercise. It's not like I couldn't. Like the opposite was probably true. I was probably exercising too much. Like I was going too hard. I was like at one point I was going to the gym maybe twice a day I was playing football you know definitely once a day on top of going to the gym I was training for a marathon as well at one point like all these things at the same time I was like a man on a mission but I was I was I don't know busy fool I was just like hurtling towards something but I wasn't it wasn't making me happy and also I was running away from something towards something and not dealing with the here and now and how I was actually feeling and you know how I was with my family or how I was with my with my friends or um not that I really had any time for friends you know but there was a lot going on and, and it just needed it needed untangling and I needed to talk to somebody about it and I, you know I found talking to an expert that was the best way for me to do it surely that shaking is mad um, so it just, therapy helped me at a particular time in my life when I needed someone to help me figure out where I was at, what was real, what wasn't real. You know, you get to that point in your life where like, well, am I, is this, like, am I, because the radio show finished up, I, you know, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, they don't want me anymore. Does that mean I'm not very good at my job? Maybe I was never good at my job. And, you know, a lot of my thinking around, you know, how I got to where I was in my career was that it was just luck, the right place, the right time, kind of got swept along by it. There was none, none of it was any, you know, skill on my part. It was just circumstance and, you know, as I said, right place, the right time, bit of luck. Um, and then I needed to, and obviously with that happening, then I needed to sort of need to figure all that out. What was real? What was, what was in my head? What was reality? Um... And that's that's why it was very helpful. Um, one thing that I did. So what your therapist will do. Like if people are worried about going to see a therapist. A 
counsellor? What will they do? What will it be like? Um, they won't really necessarily do anything. They won't really be like anything. It's not. There's not a man in a white coat waiting to, you know, strap you in and put electrodes on your head. It's just a chat. But the point about it is, is that when you bury stuff down and you don't deal with it and you don't talk to somebody about it, and it could be anything. Stuff from your childhood, stuff that happened to you recently. So, you know, any, any of that stuff that we don't open up about and don't talk to somebody about can fester and can become a problem. If you don't deal with your shit, your shit will deal with you. So when you go to therapy, they just talk to you and you get to be as honest as you want. And the more honest you are, the better. But you get to be as honest as you want with somebody who isn't your wife, isn't your child, isn't your husband, isn't your cousin, isn't your mom, isn't your dad, isn't your wife, isn't your, I said wife already, isn't your brother, isn't your sister, won't judge. Charlie, I just have to let Charlie out here, hold on. Talk to somebody who isn't your, as I said, your family member and will just listen objectively and will advise you and will, will, and they won't necessarily, you'll kind of, you kind of talk in a way that you, they will point you in a certain direction, they'll suggest certain things, but you kind of like, it's just the thought, just the talking and the sharing is very therapeutic. Um... So your first meeting with a therapist would be a sit down, a chat. And what a therapist will do, and this is very important, they'll, like Luke Devlin was my therapist. And if you want to contact me on Instagram, I can send you his his contacts. What he did with me, like, and all therapists will do this. They'll just chat to you, first of all, and say, look, can we work together? Will we work together? Would Are we compatible? It's very important to find somebody that works for you. I was extremely lucky that the first therapist I went to worked for me. It's not always the case, so don't feel bad. So if you do go to somebody and you don't click with them or it's not working or you're not sure about them or you don't like them or whatever, and that's okay. Uh, You don't have to tell them you don't like them. Just, you know, if it's not right for you, just go on. You could ask them. They'll they'll actually um, give you names of other people. Therapists are very good like that. Uh, You know, find the therapist that's right for you, that you feel comfortable with, that you're happy to talk to, and I was very comfortable and very happy to talk to Luke. But the first session is just a kind of a getting to know you, sort of half hour, hour. You know, how are you? What's going on? Have a little bit of a chat. And then at the end of that session, you go, the therapist goes, and then you decide, do you want to meet up again? The first session generally is free. And then after that, you agree on a fee. And if you want to work together. So that's it. Like, don't even... The thing about... The thing about you know, going to see a therapist is you don't even have to make a decision on whether you want to see them or like if therapy is for you until after that first. So you've you've got an opportunity to go and chat to them and then decide. So it's fine. It's a probationary period. You know, you got you've got you, you don't have to you don't you're not like when you go along, you're not like uh it's not like you're in for life with that person. You're strapped in. You can't get out. It's just you just go along. You meet them. If if, if it's for you, good. If it's not, if you go meet somebody else. That's it. That first session was just that. And then I was like, okay, I like I like this guy. Like even at that, I wasn't saying, oh, I like this guy. He's gonna be. I didn't know what I, I was deciding, but it's not. I like this guy. I'd like to come back and talk to him again next week. 
I wasn't just, I wasn't thinking about the week after or the week after. I was just like, yeah, I'll come back and talk to you next week. I've got things I need to say. And I think I'm ready to speak. Um, and yeah, that was my experience. So it's a very sort of, um, it's a very relaxed, casual kind of thing, mostly. So don't be worrying about it. Don't build it up too much. Just make the decision, you know, and when you're ready, go along. Um, generally what I, in my experience, generally in my experience, in my experience, um, what I did and what I found helpful was, and what your therapist will probably do with you is find something that you're interested in or find a skill that you have that can help, uh, unblock you or, you know, get you, get you moving or, you know, get you figuring out your, you know, we all have these stories in our head that we need to work out and get out and get on page and, 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 you know, that's a sort of a, that's a process of shifting things and different, different people do that in different ways. Like Luke suggested writing to me. So I started writing and that's how, that's how I like, so I would write down my experiences, stuff from my childhood stories, things that happened to me when I was young. I'd write them down and I could look at them and I could examine them and then they could, you know, they take on a life of their own. Uh, They become something else. They're not, it's not part of a narrative you know stuff that I told myself to make myself feel bad it was just stories and then when you see that there's just stories on a page it makes it different and also you're getting rid of the stories you're getting rid of these old stories this as I said narrative and you're making room for a new narrative you know new stories new experiences new life a new you um, and you start to feel different and that's a process um and that's something that I've become fascinated in, and I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast. Is you know, I'm fascinated with the process, and therapy helped me. I used to be the type of person that if I couldn't do something really well straight away, it, I wouldn't put the work in to get better at it, and I didn't. I used to look at other people, like good actors or good broadcasters or good sports people or good writers or you know whatever excellent accountants, you know, and I wouldn't realize. I would think, well, that's just a gift that they were given. I didn't realize or I chose not to realize that they put in their 10,000 hours. They put in a lot of work to become that good, to get that good. I was the type of person who I couldn't, I couldn't be bad at something. So how could I rehearse for a play, which I still feel uncomfortable doing? Or how can I write something if it's not brilliant straight away? Whereas now I'm kind of fascinated with the process of it. So now I'll write something, I'll look at it, I'll put it away, I'll go back to it, I'll rewrite it, I'll throw it out, I'll write something completely different. And I'm not, it's not an end game, it's like a process, it's like, it's an ongoing thing. Even the play, (coughs) Charlie, God, even the play I wrote, Pure Mental, which I'm going to read a little bit from for you now, it's a process, it's always changing it's always growing. It's always evolving. There's someone down at the door now. Um, I better just close the door. Um, you know, it's a process. The play is a process. It's always evolving. And my, hopefully my performance will evolve. And the way I've written it will evolve. And, and working with uh, Janet, the director, like we're, we're, you know, we're constantly changing things. And, you know, I'm not turning up the first day at rehearsals with this play I've written and cringing or, you know, 
or you know, I'm probably cringing a little bit, but like it's, I, but I do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm turning up. It's not perfect today, and it's not ready today, but it will be in four weeks, you know. And it's knowing that and having faith in the process and having faith in the fact that this thing will take time. And if you keep tipping away at it and keep chipping away at it, it will get better. And don't expect it to be perfect straight away. And that's like therapy. Don't expect to be well straight away and allow yourself to be, um, you know, to have all sorts of th- thoughts about things and not to be not for things to be perfect for a while and just allow that to happen because it's a process and you might behave differently and other people might notice that you're behaving differently and that's okay don't don't let them throw you off course you know you might start thinking that oh, i think i don't know if i'm feeling better or if i'm just going a bit mad here because you might start to see things a little bit clearer and it might make you think that you know you're kind of losing it and other people might say things that make you think that you're going mad, but you have to kind of have faith in yourself and your therapist. And that stuff you can talk to the therapist about as well. So it's a process and it takes time, like anything. And you just have to have faith and faith in yourself that you're doing the right thing. Um, it's I've been, I have been talking about mental health and I've been seeing a therapist for about a year and a half and the big thing is is vulnerability so like I remember Luke saying to me you know in early doors in our oh actually maybe it wasn't early doors maybe it was a few weeks in but he he started using this word vulnerable and I was like I don't really like genuinely I didn't really know what vulnerable meant I kind of thought you meant it meant like if you don't wear your helmet on the hurling field you're you're vulnerable to getting a smack across the head you know I didn't really know what he meant, like not, not in any kind of wishy-washy way. I was like, oh, vulnerable. Mm. But, you know, what he was talking about is allowing yourself to admit to other people that you are feeling, you know, that you're not 100% all the time. My, my way of getting through life was that everything's fine, everything's great, everything's cool, don't you worry about me, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, even with my wife, I'd have been like, she would have always thought that I was fine and I was, I was kind of this sort of the quiet type, you know, stoic, getting on with life, everything will be fine, keep keeping positive. But not really. Not that wasn't really the way I was. Um so I had to learn to be vulnerable to say, you know, this isn't perfect, you know, but you know, we'll find our we'll find our way out of this. And I believe that we'll find a solution to this issue, but also being able to say it's not perfect, is it? And then that allows you to talk it through with the person and they don't think that you think you've got it licked. And it can be difficult because your wife goes from thinking that you're stoic or what the experts might call a grumpy bollocks. Um, she might think you're, you're, you're one of these people that, you know, nothing phases. And then you're suddenly going, actually, you know what? I'm not happy about this. I'm not, this isn't a great situation for me. I'm not, you know, you're being honest, you're being vulnerable. And it takes them a while to get used to that. And that's part of it as well. You, you know, you've got to give other people the chance to get used to you being different and being honest and being vulnerable. But it's the vulnerability that allows you to talk and to be honest and to talk like this about it and to write about it and to figure it out. It's that vulnerability where you admit to yourself, shit, that wasn't good, was it? The way I behaved there, that wasn't good. The way that person behaved towards me, that wasn't good. Okay, shit. Then, then you can untangle it. Then you can figure it out. Then you can look at it and examine it. Really, 
look at it and really examine it when you're being honest about it and saying, shit, that was not good. You know, you go from these experiences in your childhood or whatever, whatever your particular traumas might be, or and it can be anything, but childhood stuff. And you go from gosh, look, it was, it was grand, it was grand. Sure, like it didn't do me any harm. And you hear that a lot, you know, you, these sort of older men and not so old men, but James, don't you stop going on about it? You're only making it worse. And you know, sure, a slap never hurt me, or you know, sure, I got through life, didn't I? But who wants to get through life? Who wants to be grand? Who want, like th- these things are damaging, and it's good to talk about them, and it's good to be honest about it, and you know, to like one particular. My experience would have been with uh, corporate punishment in school and at home, and it really affected me, you know, and it was really bad for me. And I never really admitted to myself that that was bad. I wasn't allowed, really, because the narrative around it was that, look, sure, every, it happened to everybody. Don't be feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, that was just the way it was. Get on with it. And in in a way, I did need to get on with it, and I do need to get on with it, and people do need to get on with it. But also, you need to be able to say, fuck, that wasn't good, was it? That was bad. That really affected me. That really made me feel like a bad, like, made me feel not good. And that, and that's not like trying to lay the blame or point the finger. That's just going, shit, that wasn't good. And, and, and how can I, you know, how, and once you start that process of realizing that wasn't good and not trying to, you know, talk it down or, you know, belittle it, then you start, then you start to untangle it. Then you start to figure out. Then you start to free yourself up. Then you start to go, okay, right. Right, okay, those that's what I'm talking about. Those are the stories that you've told yourself that you can you can figure out and untangle and and move on from. And uh it's very, very healthy. It's it's like uh it was described to me as like you know, coming up from underwater and just being like, Okay, it's not that you can you can hear, you can see clearer you can hear clear everything's feels better you know you're not underwater anymore you can breathe better you can be more honest yeah you can talk you have different types of conversations with people you can talk uh, you're not blocked up you're not you know grumpy bollocks anymore you're not you know you <laughs> i don't know if, and then when i say you I, I i suppose i mean me i'm just talking from my point of view i don't really want to put my uh, my experiences on a, a someone else. But yeah, I felt better. I, f- I still feel better. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still changing as a person. And that's the beauty of it is that you, you will, I, w- I am now happy to continually change as a person. I haven't gotten to a point of, you know, 45 years of age. Well, this is me. I'm this man. This is what I do. This is the job I do. This is what I like. These are the pints I drink. These are the, pe- these are the clothes I wear. You know, I, no, I'm I'm an evolving person. I still have, you know, hopefully 30 years to go. I want to I want to enjoy those years. I want to experience new things. I want to, I want to keep trying new things. I want to keep talking honestly about what's going on. I want to you know, all these things. And now I feel like jeez, I've got it. It's all happening. It's all it's all in front of me. Whereas there's a tendency when you get to a certain age of feeling like it's all behind you. And you know, not only is it all behind you, but Jesus is all behind me, and I, I'm not really sure if I gave it a good crack or if it was any good, or if I enjoyed it, or you know. So, even getting to that point where you're like, "Wow, it's all ahead of me," and I can improve on what I've already achieved, and seeing what you've already done as achievements, and how you can build on that rather than go, 
oh, I need to scrap everything and start from scratch. You know, it's it's totally different. It's your 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 you view things differently. As I said, just clearer, and it's it just changes. It everything you know, it just changes everything uh, for the better, and everything becomes brighter and more hopeful. That's my experience. Uh, I am on Instagram. My email address is Keith walsh.walsh at gmail.com if you want to email me if you, I'm happy to if you, if there's any advice you want if you want to just talk about things that you've been feeling um, if you want to open up about your mental health if you want to open up about anything if you want to talk to me on the podcast I'm very happy to do that uh, that that you know if you're if you're going through therapy you've been through therapy and if you're in a good place and you'd like to tell other people about your experience because as I said a problem a uh, problem shared is a problem halved and it, it can help other people hearing people's stories because then they feel like they're not alone if you want to get in touch I'm happy this is a this is an open forum and my email address is keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com I'm on Instagram I'm on Twitter so you can reach out and if I can't help you I'll put you in touch with the right people um, so there you go do get in touch what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read a few pages, just a little bit, from my play that I've written called Pure Mental, which is about mental health, and it's about my mental health journey. And uh, I, today is obviously the 10th of the 10th, 10th of October 2020, and I will be announcing tour dates, which I'll uh, announce on my podcast and on my social media. But obviously, if you're listening to this in a year's time, that's bunkum. That doesn't mean anything to you. So... And uh, obviously I'm announcing these dates hoping that COVID behaves, behaves itself and we're allowed to actually do them. But we'll announce them anyway and we'll sell the tickets anyway and we'll figure it out if it doesn't happen. We'll refund the people or do the, the, the play some other time. But we have to keep going. We have to hope for the best and we have to be positive and we have to be optimistic because it's hard enough without a bit of optimism. So this is, uh, I'm just going to read. I'm not really going to perform a few pages of my play Pure Mental. Um, so here it goes. <clears throat> Obviously, I'm just reading. Don't. This is not any reflection on on my uh, performance, hopefully, which will be better on the night. Um, shout out to the Riverbank in Newbridge and everybody involved in the Riverbank in Newbridge for their help. They've produced the play and to Janet Morn, um, my director and friend and mentor. And I don't know if she, she knows she's my mentor, but she is. And shout out to Luke as well. Thank you for everything. And my family. Well, I'm at it. Uh, Anyone who knows me, and to anybody who knows me, and to you. Uh, so, this is it. It's called Pure Mental. Here we go. Music plays. I come out. Hello. Welcome to my show, or my midlife crisis. I don't know which. No, welcome to my show. My name is Keith Walsh. I am a son, brother, husband, father, writer, and breakfast radio presenter. Oh, well, I was. I'm not now. I lost my job. Up until about a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was the presenter of the breakfast show on a national radio station until that all finished up. It finished and I was finished. We spent five years on that show. We had lots of great times. We achieved a lot. We got the ratings up. We helped the station. But in the end, it just kind of fell apart. That's a whole other show. Ultimately, the decision was made. The powers that be were scrapping the breakfast show, starting new, and we were out. I was out. 
it's rejection. We don't want you on any of the big shows. Look, I'm a big boy. Nothing lasts forever. That's show business. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. But it was very hard on me. I wanted to be unsackable. I wanted to be the main man. I wanted wanted to be Ian Dempsey on The Breakfast Show forever. I wanted someone to tell me that I was their Jerry Ryan and that they needed me. Keith Walsh, this station is nothing without you. You are 2FM. That's what I wanted. But that's not what I got. What I got was a slap in the face, a kick in the ghoulies, a wedgie. A wedgie so hard it ripped my underpants. You get the idea. Keith Walsh, this station is fine without you. (laughs) You are not 2FM. Fuck. It hit me hard. Very hard. What about my amazing career? I worked so hard to get here. Was this going to be the start of my slow slide backwards? To what? Driving home in the car that day. The day I, I got the news. I had so much going on in my head. How was I going to tell Suzanne, my wife? How was she going to take it? She was already worried about the future. Recently, she'd gotten me to agree to go on a waiting list to see a fortune teller. A waiting list? For a fortune teller? I mean, of course I agreed. You've got to keep your options open. Jesus, I could have done with seeing her six months ago. And how am I going to tell the kids? Anna and Finn were 16 and 10. Anna was at that age where she'd be heading off to college soon, and she'd often ask, Have you a man put money away for college? I'd laugh. (laughs) Don't worry about that. It'll be grand. What if my own daughter can't go to college and it's all my fault? Jesus. And what about Finn, my son? He's really good in a scooter, really talented. He can do back flips, front flips. He's trying to get onto a team. He's actually one of the best in the country for his age. But these things cost money. New wheels, new bars, new helmet, new pads, driving to skate parks, paying into the good ones. The ones with the foam pits where he could learn his tricks without killing himself. How could I look him in the eye and say no, and know that it was all my fault? But even that stuff is extra, isn't it? That's kind of the luxury stuff. What about food? Clothes? The mortgage? Fuck! I was starting to have one of those panic attacks. Panic attacks and these weird headaches that started a few years ago. Right in here. Behind this eye here. It was like my body was telling me something. It was trying to tell me something. Oh yeah. I'm fucked. Anyway, that's a couple of pages of the play. Uh, The one-man show called Pure Mental. Hopefully you'll come, buy tickets and um, enjoy it. And it is, I did this because it's World Mental Health Day, so do look after yourself. Do keep an eye out for each other, neighbours, friends, colleagues. Um, Give people a bit of a leeway if you feel like they're behaving in a way that, you know, maybe they're just angry. Maybe they're just having a bad day. And uh, look after yourself as well, because if you don't look after yourself, you can't really look after anybody else. That's what I've learned. And um, I'm still learning it. So that's really it. Uh, Have a good day. And as I said, feel free to get in touch and watch the space for the the one man show tour announcement. Got to go now.
surely I'll be able to say goodbye at the end of this podcast. Surely. Just all I have to do is say goodbye. Just goodbye and that's it. Goodbye. See, that wasn't so hard. Yeah, but you still talk. And yeah, but I know, but I'm not. So just, just hit the, just hit the button, hit the stop button now. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 